you have any kind of word of advice that you'd like to leave with the listeners? Um, I, I would actually, and again, uh, no, knowing that your audience is, is interested in the issues of gender equality and women's empowerment. One of the other things that I've come across so often with our clients and I wanted to share with, with your, you and your audience is, is the fact that there are so many opportunities now coming up for women and that's wonderful. Um, and rightly so. And, and, you know, for instance, in the UAE, of course, uh, gender equality is very much um, one of the key topics as far as the government's concerned. And they've right. declared, you know, the 30% target for uh, in management. And um, of course, you know, the head of Expo is a woman. The head of the Hope Mission is a woman. I believe right. there's something like 60% of government um, in, in the UAE is a women. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we find so often talking to women is the issue of self-sabotaging and that you can have external opportunities. And we talk a lot about, you know, breaking through the glass ceiling, all this sort of thing in terms Break of the the bias. external <laughs> opportunities. Yes. But so often there's this almost like an internal glass ceiling that prevents women from taking those real opportunities and of course it's sometimes called the imposter syndrome isn't it this idea mm. that inside you think oh but I don't really think I can do it I'm just going to be found out after a while yeah um, I was reading some stats the other day that said that if there's a job um, vacancy that men will apply for it if they um, fulfill 60 percent of the requirements Whereas women will only apply if they feel they fulfill 100% mm -hmm. of the requirements. But um, I think that, you know, it's so much about um, having, you've got to take the time. If you're feeling, you know, that you're going to self-sabotage, then the first thing to do, I always say to um, women is, take the time to sort of get to know yourself again. Remember mm -hmm. the times back in, um, your uh, past, your achievements, when you absolutely nailed it, mm -hmm. that perhaps you um, and nailed it through your talent and your hard work. And when you think about that particular event prior to that, you were probably still filled with apprehension and doubt. And yet, looking back through the lens of hindsight, you can now see you absolutely nailed it and that you can do it again. So try to sort of shrug off those feelings of um, the sort of imposter syndrome. And, and the other one of the big biases, of course, that women face is what's called the maternal wall. And for those women who are coming back after perhaps mm. um, maternity leave, right. it is definitely, and it's been proven, you spoke about break the bias, this unconscious bias that often uh, work colleagues will make an assumption that you can't possibly be as efficient as you were before because surely your priority will be with your baby right um, and the fact is that you know you you know of course you can do both you can juggle both um, and uh, and then thirdly recognize the power of the support group so if you are if you, if you do have doubts uh, recognize that you know surround yourself with um, great women who have of like mind within your 
colleagues, within your uh, friends, uh, neighbours, whatever. And mm -hmm. remember that you can, and it needs to be a space where you feel psychologically safe, where you feel you can share your doubts, but equally gain inspiration from um, their achievements as well. But I think it's, if I could say to, um, uh, to any of your, your female listeners who are sort of thinking, well, I don't know, I've got this opportunity, but I don't know whether I can do it. Uh, try try not to self-sabotage and uh, also failure is part of success um, mm -hmm. we really learn when we fail um, and not to fear it it'll make you stronger so um, I think that's that's my advice I would say that's lovely I think that you hit the nail on the head I think everything you said not only applies to you know it applies to women of all generations essentially everyone was every woman is going to somehow be discriminated against feel that you know glass ceiling whether it's external or internal just like you said and it's important that we keep pushing each other forward and reminding each other you are worthy you have the skills you have the future and the thing you said about working moms especially really like that resonated with me I have a like in my day job I have a couple of colleagues as well that are working mothers and I always have the most respect for them because I think to myself like you do this with you know x number of children you you know work late at nights if you need to and I just find it astounding how people can can continue yeah. to to do that um, but I do have one more question for you if that's okay um, I wanted to ask you kind of a, a bit more detail about the actual business model that you have so I know that you've mentioned that you're combining kind of AI data with um, the idea of adapting DEI into businesses, what does that look like? If you like, what's the process of, of working with a client and kind of implementing that process? Right. Well, if I say, first of all, um, in the issue of diversity and inclusion, the three biggest challenges for people involved in, in this field, and most of them tend to come from the HR field. Mm -hmm. is number one that they don't have access to DEI relevant data okay. and because they don't and I'm not just talking about the numbers in terms of you know we spoke about this 30% target for women in management right. or whatever I'm talking about much wider issues about um, you know defining an inclusive culture and working out what really is preventing an inclusive culture from extending across an organization working you know there's great a great deal spoken about now about the great resignation mm. um where where particularly millennials and generation z's are returning um from um the the lockdowns and working from home and and they've had time to think and work out is this really what i want to do now and there's also now the great discontent i was reading some um research recently that said in America, 70% um, of workers are either actively looking for a new role or passively, which means, mm. you know, seven out of 10 people are likely to walk out of the door soon right. if organizations don't, you know, sort themselves out. Do something so, about it, yeah. Yeah. And so this idea of, of having proper data, uh, DEI relevant data, having access to that, that's the first challenge. And then the second challenge is understanding, as I've mentioned earlier, I like a cyclic conversation, coming back to where we started, that the impact on the top and the bottom line of any initiatives that are um, 
started. And then the, the, the then natural progression of that is that when people can understand what's really happening, the impact um, to the business, then they can both gain and continue to maintain executive level support so mm -hmm. that the budgets that they need to do more and make more improvements will continue to come. So how does that wrap into Predictor? So what we do is um, when we work with organizations, we start by understanding what their key challenges and objectives are. Mm -hmm. We also gather a certain amount of hard data, so key performance indicators, the metrics there. And then we gather the data, the both soft and hard data by means of artificial intelligence through, um, it's, it's, I mean, to put it very simply, it's, it's a very intelligent survey. So normally surveys, everyone gets asked the same questions and therefore it lacks analysis. It's efficient and speedy, but it doesn't give you that much information. You know, a lot of organizations feel that, oh, well, we do employment engagement surveys, it's all going to be fine. But invariably, you know, they can be rather meaningless, actually. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. what we do is, as people engage in the process, um, our AI engine, Ava, we call her, uh, Sushi, um, <laughs> yeah, our AI engine is listening to the way people are responding. Our AI engine is listening to their responses and reacting by pulling different statements out of our huge repository to present later. So it means that we can slowly dig down deep and peel back the layers of the onion and find out what's really going on to get the depth of analysis along with the speed and therefore reduce cost of if we were to do it um, in the traditional way of face-to-face -face interviews. And then having gained that data, that then provides the baseline. We come up with little sprint suggestions of how to improve, if you like, the low-hanging fruit issues, and then run it again maybe three or four months later. And then you begin to see the, uh, the benchmark improvements over time. So that gives the, uh, the, the HR and DEI leaders, their, their DEI-related data, they mm -hmm. can then see the impact, and then they can share that with their executives to ensure that they keep getting uh, support and the, uh, the, the budgets that they need to continue to improve. And then, of course, from a wider issue, the workforce then, and other key stakeholders, actually, because you've got your customers, you've got your... Mm -hmm your investors, you've got the government, as well as your employees, everyone can start to see the real return on that investment. And uh, so that's, that's sort of where we come from, which is quite an, uh, a new way of approaching this topic. 100%, that yeah. No, that, that oh, definitely good. makes sense. I think that that's something that I did not think was possible, I have to say. So that was very interesting to hear about. Thank you so much for breaking that down for me. I realized that um, we didn't touch on that earlier on. So I really wanted to bring that up oh. to the listeners kind of before we wrap up. But oh, um, I, I think that what you're doing is formidable. I think that you are iron lady. Like it's, it's incredible <laughs> to see kind of what you've done where you've come from, how you've learned these lessons. So I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your time. It's been a great pleasure, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me.
Thank you. And for the listeners, um, if you'd like to check out uh, their LinkedIn page as well, they're on there. That's where I'll be posting this episode. And I appreciate your time, Paula, as always, and looking forward to speaking to you again soon. That's lovely. Thank you very much, Sarah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.